Good day. This is Letting It All Hang Out, the show where we bring together some insanely talented individuals that make me want to get out, learn more, live life to the fullest, and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today, I sat with Donna Campbell. Donna is a professional speaker, international healer, and best-selling author. She teaches, trains, and mentors heart-centered businesswomen how to align their inner balance to gain infinite prosperity. As a former financial advisor, Donna's book financially fit is a number one amazon international bestseller bringing together the world of money and the world of energy donna shares her techniques that she has learned all around the world from yogic healers zen buddhist monks and a medicine woman all while maintaining a private practice this has earned donna the title of the mind whisperer Ooh. for creating instantaneous results in the areas of health wealth and relationships Donna has over 25 years of experience and has shared the stage with some incredible people such as Lisa Nichols, Dr. Joe Vitale, Cher Letcher, and Kevin Harrington. She has been featured on Roku TV, Yahoo Finance, Fox News, NBC, and the Los Angeles Tribune. Her personal heart-centered healing philosophy is to create a world that is a better place for everyone. Donna gave such great tips and pieces of advice that you can definitely write down, take with you, and test out for yourself. So with all that being said, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Before we jump straight in, I'm going to thank the sponsor of this episode, Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company that provides high quality CBD products, greens, supplements, and so much more. A huge reason why I'm a fan of Naked Warrior Recovery is that they understand that the only way to really perform at our highest potential is to allow our body bodies and minds the opportunity to relax and recover in which naked warrior helps you do that in so many different ways so in order to get yourself a 20 percent discount on some high quality cbd products super greens and more you can use the discount code kalani 20 that's k-a-l-a-n-i 20 on their website at nw-recovery.com again that's kalani 20 at nw-recovery.com on to this awesome episode Hello. Hello, Donna. What's up? <laughs> it's a fun day. It's a Friday, right? Yes. <laughs> I know you're like, wait, what day is it? Yeah. Um, I love, what is that? Um, oh, I love that picture that you have in the background. It's a, um, a Buddha. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. A Buddha face that sparkles. So, kind of fun. Yeah, super fun. I like it. I was, you know, over the weekend, I... Did a little bit of cleaning and was starting to move some pictures around. I'm like, okay, I need something different to hang here. Yes. So. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show, hanging out with me for a little bit. I'm really excited to talk to you. I think that uh, financial abundance, money mindset, money in general is a very interesting topic for a lot of different people because what it means. Oh, yes. Put that right there. Nice. Uh, because it there means so many different things for so many different people and yeah. some of it we have like good associations with it and then sometimes we have not so great associations with yeah. it so I'm really excited to dive into all of that today um, and just again thank you for sharing whatever wisdom is going to come out of this but I would love to just dive in to a short breakdown because everybody has heard your story once they're listening to the intro and everything but 
it's always different coming from the person themselves. And so you have a large background in as a financial advisor, and then it shifted into something which I think I would think and most people would think totally different, which is right. energy healing, energy work in general. Let me know a little bit about that story and how that transition took place. Okay. So what happened was um, as a financial advisor in a managing principal of an investment firm, I was trading my health for that job, meaning that there was some things that I couldn't digest in the world, some things that I couldn't digest in my job. And a lot of it was the amount of anger that was around in that whole industry, as well as in my own personal life, because people's finances weren't growing. And we went through 9-11, the stock market was closed, and then we had a global recession, and people's values went down, and the portfolios went down. And in the industry with clients, they went through a lot of hard times, especially when they can't access their money, and you're saying, it's closed, I can't get it out for you. And what happened was I wasn't able to digest food for those last couple of years and doctors weren't able to figure out what was wrong with me. And so I left and I started looking at holistic healing, natural health medicine, and realized that I couldn't digest food. And I started looking to see what was in my outside life, which was the career, my personal relationship. I was married at the time and that ended as I was getting healthier. So because the healing was really helping and starting to work, what happened was I went to an ashram, which was a spiritual living community, ended my career. And then um, from there, I was unemployable in the industry, even though I had seven security licenses because it was after the global recession and nobody was taking on people to be financial advisors. So I myself became financially devastated. So I dedicated my life to the healing side of things and learned some very important principles with the connections with money and energy and who we are. I love that. I, I'm curious now to hear what those principles are. But before we dive into that, mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by one, your story of how that even happened, which is really cool. And it seems like it just all fell into place and very naturally. Um, but as well as I think society has put the stigma around money. Why is it so, from your opinion, taboo to talk about and people are sort of afraid to uh, speak about it or even speak about it with themselves. Like sometimes we have trouble speaking about it with our partner, like a financial yes. situations. So why do you think that is? I think a lot of it has to do with how we grew up in society and in culture and the energies. And by this, I mean, feelings and emotions that were passed down from generation to generation. When I grew up money we were not allowed to talk about it. It was something that was secret, that was meant to be between two married people. Nobody else should know your financial situation. And it was really a taboo topic. But I also grew up uh, very close to the poverty line. So in that, you know, your parents want you to do something or have something better, but then yet energetically, they're teaching you that you can't have it at the same time. And I think part of it is because they didn't know that they could have it themselves. 
And then we hear all of those cliches and those belief structures, things like money doesn't grow on trees um, is one of them. Uh, gosh, there's a whole bunch. Money is the root of all evil. Um, there's a lot of religious connotation that goes with it about worshiping money versus worshiping something else. And it's, and it's not that it's not that we're to worship money or, or anything. It's the energy of, and money is designed to help you and to support you. So you can make improvements in the world, but not to hoard it, keep it all, um, hold on to it very tightly and all of those things. So a lot of it stems back to our childhood and then how our parents were raised or our grandparents were raised because all of that filtered down. And we're just now coming together as a society going, we can really talk about these topics in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the information about it is so much more available than it used to be too. Like if prior, you know, you would just talk about your family or with your family and with your friends or with your grandparents about money. And then of course, it really just perpetuates all of those stories that we've been told that their parents have told them and all of this stuff. And so it's just this cycle. Now it's finally starting to shift where people are going, oh, there's, there's a difference here. I can start to change this story that I have in my brain. And I think that shift it's like a learning curve, essentially. It's like, okay, I know that it's possible, but what the heck do I do? And so how do we start to align action, like tangible aligned action that we can take with our money and sort of rewriting that story of the relationship that we have with money? Right, exactly. And that was my very first lesson that I learned when I studied with a medicine woman. And what she had me do was she had me take my story about how I grew up in poverty and tell it to her as I remembered it. So it kind of came out as a factual documentary if I was to look at it with movies. And she said, okay, that's great. Now I want you to tell me that same story, but um, let's do it from a place of comedy because I believe that if there's a life review at the end, then we might as well be laughing. So let's hear the same story, but it was a comedy. And then she had me tell it to her as a tragic drama love story. And then she had me say it again from a place of richness and abundance. And then she had me tell it from a place of a higher power or somebody watching the story go on unfold. And at the very end of that, she had me pick the story that I resonated the best with. And that was my new story. What she was teaching me was how to change how I felt about the story. The events didn't change, but how I felt about it because I was able to see it from all of these other different points of view happened. Now, this is a really long way to make a change. And <laughs> this was, gosh, um, over four or five hours to do this on a day telling the same story to understand which one I liked. So what I do today is I've taken that along with the other techniques that she shared with me, other things that I've learned from Buddhist monks, yoga healers, and put together a process to be able to make that change not only within myself, but have the ability to make that change with other people in a matter of an instant. And that's how fast it works today. After studying physics and brainwave patterns and the whole science behind it, it happens instantaneously. Mm. I am so fascinated by the science behind all of this. Can you shed a little bit of light onto how that works and how it relates with money? Because it seems like, well, 
one is just a piece of paper and then there's this whole other world to it. So can you start to bridge that gap for us? Uh-huh. Um, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency. Well, we're energy beings and money is also a form of energy. It's an energy exchange. We use it. Back in the day, it used to be my pig for your cow um, or some flour, but today it went to coins and then metals and then that was really heavy. And so now we have this paper currency and now it's even going digital because it's how our world is evolving. So it's an energy exchange. What started happening was that the energy exchange on the outside started replacing who we were as an energy being on the inside. And I started noticing some commonalities working with my clients and they would say things like, I want to know that I'm worthy, that I'm enough and that I'm valued. I just want to be appreciated. But in the financial planning world, here's your net worth. Your asset portfolio value is your assets appreciated or depreciated X amount. Oh, and do you have enough to fund this over here that you want? And if you didn't feel those things on the inside as an energy being, then your money on the outside didn't grow. And it happens to us all the time. When money comes in, we feel great, high, elevated because we have all of this extra energy. But when we have to spend it on our bills and things and send it out and our money supply goes down, we feel less than low and it's not coming back in because money was replacing who you are on the inside rather than keeping it on the outside, maintaining who you are on the inside, which is a, a state of happiness really in the end. And then that will influence money because the money will behave exactly to how you feel each and every time, because by itself, it has no energy connotation to it, except for what you apply to it. And what you apply to it is all of the emotions and feelings on the inside that will bridge it over to how the money responds. So if you don't feel like you have enough money to buy what you're at, uh, what you see at the store, you don't have enough money to buy it, even if you have $2 million in your bank account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this relationship that we have with money, this emotional relationship, essentially, that we have with money directly affects our physical relationship with money, whether it's coming in or leaving too quickly. And it seems like it's maybe 50 50 or maybe even more uh like the emotional relationship was is heavier weighted than than just Mm -hmm. the knowledge let's say of money and i think we we hear about that so often and we work so hard on the relationship with money and this this is true for me where as soon as i started to understand this and people were telling me about this i was like oh okay that makes sense you know my my story with money isn't great came from a family that had to file for bankruptcy multiple times and was told all of these things that weren't necessarily true about it. And so my external reality definitely reflected that. And as I started to work on my internal relationship with money, I definitely noticed a shift, but oftentimes, at least for me, and I noticed this in other people when I talk to them about it, is we get so into the emotional side of it and healing our money wound, so to speak, Mm-hmm. that we forget that there's this other piece of action that has to take place. Yes. Where do we marry those two things and make sure that we're actually doing something uh, along with all of that internal work? Mm-hmm. It's how it works with how our brain 
is working and connecting. We have a left side and a right side. Our left side is analytical, logical, linear, step-by-step, -step, sequential. But our right side of the brain is very intuitive and imaginative and dreamy and feeling oriented. So the first step is to understand how you truly feel about money, not just on a conscious level, but on the deeper subconscious level. So for me growing up, it was a secret. It was not to be talked about. So I felt very unworthy of having money. I also felt frustrated and stressed around it. And I always had worry and pressure because that's what was taught to me energetically. And so I started looking at those and that's not how I want to feel about money. I want to feel abundant and prosperous and happy and have more of it in my life because then I can do more good things with it. And when you understand how you initially feel about it, which is the right side of the brain, the feeling side, then what you can do is take those action steps to uncover one, how you really want to feel about money, make that change. But then when it changes, you're taking the action step in accordance to your new feeling system. Meaning that before you might be going around trying to do this and do that and do that to have the money come to you. But when you reverse that process and you start from the place of how you truly desire to feel about money and make decisions based on that, you have different action steps that come into place. So a lot of people will go out to the stores and just spend money because they are lacking something on the inside that they wanna feel. Rather than just going to the store to spend money, go to the store but before you purchase the item, see if it's really going to bring you true happiness on the inside, or is it going to be a temporary happiness? And what happens is most of the times we buy things thinking it's going to bring us all this happiness and joy. And within a couple of hours, maybe a couple of days, it's lost its luster, it's lost its shine. And then you go look for the next thing and the next thing, rather than understanding the happiness is on the inside on the being on the right side of the brain. And then when you're in that energy, then go. And then you will have different action steps that you take in accordance to money. It's almost like we're addicted to that feeling of that short-term gratification of spending a little bit and feeling like, okay, cool. We've got some money we can spend and this thing makes me feel really good. And then that crash happens where you feel really good and then it dips back down because now you just spent your money and you, you don't have any more. And it, it, like that tip that you mentioned with, you know, is this going to make me joyful? Not necessarily just in the moment happy. Yeah. And that's a really good tip. Um, something else that I believe was by Ken Honda, the Arigato money uh, method, where you just say thank you. Something simple like that is another tip. Do you have any other small tips that people can use in their everyday life to start marrying those two emotional aspect with the doing and actually mm -hmm. being respectful in a sense to their money? Right. One of the things that you can do, and I would recommend doing this several times during the day, regardless of what your emotional state is. But if you feel any stress or worry or pressure, especially around money, stop yourself for that moment. When you recognize that you're sitting down, you're paying your bills, you start to go into the energy of stress and write down on a piece of paper, how would you rather feel about it? 
I want to be generous. I want to be happy. I want to have balance with money. And close your eyes. And then you're going to take several deep breaths. When we breathe in, we're breathing in oxygen, which is all of the good things that our body needs. So you're going to breathe in the good word that you wrote down, generosity, balance, or I'm at peace. And then when you breathe out, we breathe out the carbon dioxide, which is all the toxins and things our body doesn't need. So we're going to breathe out the stress, worry, and pressure. So you would just take a breath in and think generosity and breathe out the stress. And you would do that for two or three minutes, set a timer on your phone and breathe in generosity, breathe out pressure, stress over and over and over. And those are the only set of words you would think. And then when you're done, it opens up the mind. It gives you clarity. The stress is gone because you just got done doing the deep breathing. You're going to feel a lot more generous, then sit down and pay your bills or whatever the money activity is for you. And it will be in a different emotional state. And because it's in a different emotional state, you're going to attract it back to you faster than what you paid out for whatever it was that you were paying your bills on, because you're going to be in a calmer, more peaceful, higher vibration energy than the stress and the worry. And that's what I would do. And that's what I do do. I actually do this like three, four times a day uh, in between all of my activities. And I just take those moments just for the benefits of the clear mind to what I'm working on. But I would definitely do it just before you sit down to pay things and it'll give you a whole different perspective and viewpoint. Mm, I love that. And I totally agree that it will give you that clearer head and perspective on things, more of an objective perspective as well from a place of uh, gratitude and well-being. And although I identify with that and I wholeheartedly agree with you, I imagine that there's somebody watching, somebody listening who is feeling some resistance because mm -hmm. there's they can't either feel or see or understand that connection with being able to do practices like that and how it's actually relating to attracting more money into their life or even the phrase of attracting more money into their life. I imagine that there's somebody out there who's just like, I don't know, what, what would you say to people who feel like that? Well, that's creating a lot of doubt when you don't know. And fear, doubt, and disbelief are the three big energy blockers to you attracting anything into your life. And rather than having the doubt, have a little bit of faith, a little bit of trust, and maybe a little bit of belief, even if it's just 1%, well, maybe, just maybe it might work and then try it because that faith, that little tiny piece will just move huge mountains for you versus the amount of debt or doubt that's in the energy field. So I say, just try it and see at least once how you feel before and how you feel after, and then watch it shift and change in your life. I had a person that I was talking with and she was going through some debt uh, consolidation. And there were some things that she just needed to say, have it taken care of for her because she didn't really have the means to repay it. She, was, she had refinanced a home and some things. And through the conversation, things started shifting and changing because she just followed the 
exercise of taking some time and just doing some deep breathing. And when she did, the very next day, one major medical bill the insurance should have paid was already paid. She didn't have to do anything. And then a couple of days later, another thing like that happened. And she's like, huh, I don't know what she just did. And she told me to do this breathing thing. And now I'm here. Yeah, that increased the faith, the trust, and the belief. So even if you're 99% doubting, take that 1% of the faith and just try it and just see for yourself because that is an action step, something that you can do to move it forward. Because what it does is scientifically, it slows down your brain patterns. When you're in that stressful, frustrated, stress worry state, you're in a high beta brainwave. So your brain patterns are more agitated. But when you do the breathing exercises, it slows it down, makes it more smooth. And because of that, you're in a different emotional balance. And it does give you that clarity and it's the mindset that needs to be taking place. And when you're in that mindset, you can attract more because diamonds cut diamonds, magnets attract magnets. And if you are in a state of stress and worry, you're gonna attract stress and worry and money will be blocked from coming to you. But if you're in a state of peace and balance, then what's gonna happen is you will attract money or even from the place of happiness because it wants that good energy just like you. And that's what opens up those doorways mm. with it. Mm. I love that you open up just the possibility, the curiosity. I always preach about curiosity in my work with creativity and just being willing, willing to ask these questions and open to anything that happens. And I love that you mentioned that with, with this practice or really any exercise or practice around money for that matter um, of just try it out once, have that 1% bit of faith uh, or whatever somebody wants to call it and see how you feel before and see how you feel after. And if it's something that feels good, which I can't imagine it wouldn't feel good, um, continue moving into that direction. So I really love that. And that's a great way to explain it and help people just dip their toes in, get a little closer and more comfortable with thinking about money in that way. I want to shift gears just a little bit um, and talk about the term financially fit. Where does that come from? What does that mean to you? And I'll let you run with that. Okay. So because I was a financial advisor, what I learned was we had to become financially fit first in the heart and mind to have the financial fitness in the outside world. And so financially fit is really about the subconscious feelings and emotions that we have about money, around money, the beliefs around it, and what to do to shift and change those for you with all the lessons that I've learned. So about 25 years went into this book, Financially Fit. And even it takes you through a journey so we can clear what's stopping us, manifest in the moment, and then create our financial affluence story at the end to always be that magnetic attractor and generator for the abundance and prosperity. So it's not a book about investments. It's not a book about debt. It's really about aligning the heart and mind together to create the outcome that you want. Because even our words, 
have a vibrational frequency to them. And with each of the words, there's a feeling associated with it. And the universe doesn't say, oh, you're only talking about money or relationships or health. It looks at just the energy that you are sending out and returns that. So even using different words, like earlier, I was saying peace and balance. Those are terms that we also tie to money. Would you like to have a piece of the pie? Well, can you have a piece of the pie without internal peace? Balance. Have you balanced your checkbook? Have you balanced your budget? How about your uh, balance sheets for your business? And when those are coming into balance, you have balance as well. So even those types of words that are virtues, good, positive, moral characteristics cross over into the money world, even the words faith and trust, because we will buy something out of good faith. We would put down a deposit on a house to go into escrow out of good faith. Um, anytime we do something like that, it's a demonstration of that faith. With trust, it's even printed on our money. In God, we trust. But there's trustees. There's um, different things like that, which is what we use for a trust to transfer our assets from one place to another. So we really, as a society, intertwined this money system into our divine essence, and slowly but surely it started taking its place. But if we know who we are through that divine essence, and then we can influence the world from the inside out perspective, money will shift and change with you on the outside. I even talk about programming money and how it feeds off of your energy. And that's exactly what Financially Fit is all about. Wow, that's crazy. I did not even think about the correlation of how our society has intermixed these internal and external things directly relating to money. That's so confused, this confused us. Yeah. yeah. We're like, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> no wonder why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even the things that block us, um, judgment is a huge block. It's a vice because we're always judging others. Well, you can have a judgment against you. You can have a judgment against your house. We have judges to determine what is right and wrong. Um, and that always comes down to financial issues. Uh, jealousy and envy is another one. How about that phrase, green with envy? Well, isn't it interesting that our money supply in the U.S. is green? So even the things that block us still tie us all back to money. Whoa, you're blowing my mind here over here. It's all in the book. <laughs> That's so crazy. Wow. I'm uh, so glad that we we dove into these topics and uh, i'm so grateful for you sharing all of your knowledge and this was an awesome conversation to to wrap it all together and i think you've shared so many valuable tips and pieces of advice and just things that could enlighten or were insightful around money and our relationship with it and our external relationship with it too so thank you for that and as a final parting question for one person listening or one person watching, what is one thing that you would like to say to them? I'm going to share a mantra that was given to me. I wrote it and it helped me through all of the difficult times, including all of the difficult times that I had with money years and years ago. And it is trust and you will see, believe and you will know, have faith, all is well. Follow your heart. Let spirit lead you. Mm, I love that. Heart first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always heart first. It's amazing what happens when we lead with our heart first. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
And where can people find you, work with you, connect with you and get your book? Um, the easiest way to connect with me is either on my website at DonnaCampbell.com or you can find me on Instagram um, under my business name at Healing Heart Inc. But if you typed in my name as well, it should come up. And if you message me, I'll respond either way. To receive Financially Fit as a book, you can order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. If you wanted an autographed copy, then go to financiallyfitbook.com and you can order one from me. Amazing. All of those links will be down in the show notes. So for anybody watching and listening, highly recommend going and connecting with Donna. She is awesome. She clearly knows what she's talking about and clearly has a lot of experience in all things money, money energy, monergy. Maybe that can be a word. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say it, Manaji. I don't know. It came out of my mouth. Maybe it was meant to be. So, yeah, yes. We can do that. I love it. Thank you again, Donna. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that we will connect again very soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.